Hello there, and welcome to the next part of the It's Time to Show Some Love to series, which also is coincidentally the next part of the Jurassic Review series. Yes, because believe it or not, it's time to show some love to Jurassic Park 3. Yes, I'm being serious. It's not April Fool's or anything like that. I actually do like Jurassic Park 3, and I do... Feel that it's not as bad as people make it out to be. Now, before we go any further, and I will say there'll be spoilers on this for this film, so in case you've never seen Jurassic Park 3, just to, just to be aware. But what I will say this, hand on heart, it's the weakest of the series. Definitely. The whole series, not just the original three. If you throw in the, the Jurassic World, the first two Jurassic Worlds as well, don't know about the third one, not seen it yet, but you know, definitely the weakest of the series, I will say that for sure. But just because it's the weakest of the series doesn't mean it's necessarily bad. Now, does this film have some gaping flaws? Yes. Is this film, frankly, dumb as fuck in places? Yes. And is Tia, Tia, what's her name, Tia Leone's character annoying as fuck? Oh, absolutely. But there's a lot to like about this film, to be fair. Now, here we go. We've got a Stephen Paylor didn't come back. He's executive produced this film. Joe Johnson got the, the gig for this. And you know what? Good, solid director. He's actually done quite a lot of underrated little films, because you think about it. I really love his remake of The Wolfman from 2010. Criminally underrated. Love that film. I actually think it's great. One of the best remakes ever. I'm very much in the minority with that one, but hey, whatever. Plus, he also directed one of the most um, underrated of the uh, MCU films, the first Captain America film. Now, it seems hard to believe it. That film isn't especially well-loved, and it wasn't a massive success. It made money. It was successful. The last film before the Avengers assembled, for sure. But it wasn't a huge slam dunk of a film, and it was fairly well-reviewed, but not particularly loved. You know, I was not engraved about it, but, you know, it has its detractors, but I actually really love that film. I think it's great. Again, technically it's the weakest of the Captain America films, but it's still very enjoyable. So, you know, maybe he's carved out his little niche of making enjoyable films and being the weakest of the series, but still being enjoyable. Who knows? But, you know, he does a solid job with this. And, okay, you can tell they're running out of ideas by the, at this point, that is for sure. But one th- and one thing though, and you can sort of see the other films were pretty much bang on two hours. Well, this is an hour and a half, so it's half an hour shorter. You can sort of see, you can tell, right? The ideas are starting to stretch out and wear thin. However, this actually becomes a bit of a plus for this film because it's very brisk. It's very easy to watch. It's got rewatchability value, and it's it just sort of flies. The time flies by while watching it. To be fair. And the other good thing about this is it actually gets to the dinosaur action quicker. Within about 20 minutes, you've got your first big action set piece, whereas it took, what, an hour to get a big, a, what, your major first set piece in the first film. Now, of course, there was much better character work going on there, a much more sophisticated story going on there, and it is a much better film overall. However, you know, you do come to see dinosaurs in the dinosaur film, and you get to see them pretty quick. In fact, there's never really long stretches of the film without dinosaurs in it, you know. So that is definitely a plus. Another plus is we actually get the return of uh, Sam Neill as Alan Grant, 
Plus, uh, Laura Dern's back as Ellie Sattler. She's in like two or three scenes, nothing major, but Alan Grant's in it the whole way through. So that's definitely a big plus. Happy to see him back. William H. Macy is good in this film as well, to be fair. Uh, like I said, though, the Tielone character is so unbelievably fucking annoying. If she got eaten as soon as they landed on that island, I think this film would have been better, to be fair. But... That's one thing when people who hate this film go on about this character, you're right, 100% right. However, one bad character does not make a bad movie. And this film is a lot of fun. It does definitely have that B-movie vibe to it. It has none of the sophistication, of course, of the first film as well. However, it's a lot of fun. It's very enjoyable. Like I said, you get to the dinosaur action quite <clears throat> very quickly. First big set piece when this big spinosaur is attacking the plane is great. You know, and then the guy gets attacked, gets eaten as the plane's taken, try to take off and the blood splatters on the windshield. Classic little Jurassic moment there, you know. And there was another bone of contention here with this film is what happens with the T-Rex. Now, this is an interesting one. Now, at the time when I first seen this film, my mind was blown when I seen this bit. You actually seen the dinosaurs properly fighting for the first time. It was only a couple of minutes, so that was pretty cool. But the fact that the Spinosaurus just kills the T-Rex like that, at that time I was like, whoa, this dinosaur must be a moving because it killed the T-Rex so quickly. Yes, I was even dumber back then than I am now, which, which it might be hard to believe, but there you have it. And I get it when people say, wow, that disrespected the T-Rex, he just got kind of bitched out there, which is a fair point. I mean, it is a fair point, but, you know, you've, you're establishing this new dinosaur, I suppose, in that sense. Kind of like the way that Thanos beats the fuck, fuck out of Hulk at the start of Infinity War. You know, I suppose you're kind of establishing this, so you can sort of see what they were trying to do with this. And and to be fair, there's all this thing of whether this film's actually canon and things like that. Now, you say this about the T-Rex, right? This isn't necessarily the T-Rex from the original. Because if you remember, there's at least three T-Rexes now. Because you've got the parent ones from the Lost World, plus you've got the baby one from the Lost World. Maybe this one's the baby one that's grown up. Now, you could say, grown up hell of a quick four years but you know I'd imagine T-Rexes would grow pretty quickly so maybe it's the baby one who wasn't as good as fighting you know could be maybe that because we know now that in Jurassic World if you see that that and Colin Trevorrow did confirm that's the original T-Rex from Jurassic Park so that that that's all okay that's honestly been retconned in that sense so that's okay so you know great little sequence the, the kid character's fine, he's actually quite good. Can't remember the actor's name, but I believe he was like a bully in The Sixth Sense, I remember, right? I remember, I recognised him, but he was actually quite likeable in this film. And he had a likeable screen presence, I actually liked his character. Always, it was nice kind of seeing Bond with Alan Grant, that actually showed the whole thing that Alan Grant's starting to like kids again after his experience in the first film, when originally at the start he hated them. Plus as well, this little touch, um, Ellie Sattler's little boy who calls him the dinosaur man. I think that was quite funny, type of thing kids do, you know. <laughs> so I thought that was kind of sad as well, that you can sort of see the sadness Alan Grant's got to see that Ellie's got married and had kids and we've obviously split up there in the years. So, ah, well, you know, kind of sad. But, but you can actually see the tinge of regret in and so Sam Neill's really good in this film. Uh there's a lot to, there is honestly like to, a lot to like about this as well. Like the guy who gets eat, eaten with the, mobile, the satellite phone thing 
and this is a good mobile phone joke. You hear the phone ringing, and then it's you, you know that the dinosaur's right there because he, he ate the guy with the phone. So you know, um, so, uh, and there's. A, and there's a, there's actually a lot to like here. There's, and of course, the, this is where this film really excels. The first time you properly see pterodactyls in action, you only really see a pterodactyl at the end in the last shot of the Lost World. But this time you get a proper massive set piece in the birdcage. Fantastic. This is a terrific scene. This would have fit perfectly in with either of the first two. So, you know, it's up there. It's one of the best scenes in the whole series. I genuinely think that. It's a terrific scene. They're the stupid people in it. You know, the, like Alan Grant's pal, the guy that's Nick Cage's brother from Face Off, stealing the raptor eggs. You're just like, mate, come on. But these films are full of stupid people, to be fair. You kind of need the stupid people to make the events happen. It's, it's, it depends on how much you suspend your disbelief. Oh, sp speaking of which, there's a great scene in the water near the end as well, and when they're on the boat and the Spinosaurus attacks them. Great scene. I will say this. The, the end is quite flat and abrupt, I will say that. And of course, the the military, the, the Ellie Sattler's able to get the military there within that quickly. They're like, okay, fair enough. She must have some connections then. <laughs> but again, suspension of disbelief. And of course, that dude that steals the raptor eggs survived. You think he's dead, but he's actually survived. Bit of a cop-out. But then again, whatever. You want to have a happy ending and nothing. Of course, there's a goofy ending when the Kirby's are all sitting, everyone's sitting laughing as if somebody's just cracked a joke and they're all laughing like the way an episode of Scooby-Doo or Chip and Dale or whatever would end. But whatever. Okay, the film has its flaws, but there's a lot to like about it. It's enjoyable, it's breezy, it zips on by, it's daft, but it depends. It is the very definition of a turn-your-brain-off type film. Now, if, if you hate this film, you're not wrong. If you, if you, if the stupidness bothers you, this is one of those things when the stupidity doesn't bother me because I was entertained and there was plenty of exciting things going on. So I was kind of like, like it, even to this day, it's like, like it doesn't bother me. I have, I'm having fun with this, you know. But if it was stupid and boring, then yeah, we'd have a problem, like say Matrix Resurrections or something like that. But. No, this film's a lot of fun. And apparently in an interview this week, Sam Neill's defended this film. He's actually said, you know, it's not as bad as people make it out. It's a fun little romp. And he said exactly the same thing. About it. it ends a bit abrupt. But overall, it's a fun action adventure. And you know what, Sam? I 100% agree with you. So there you go. So just thought it was time to show some love to Jurassic Park 3. It's really not as bad as people make out. Not as good as the others, but not as bad as people make out. Anyway, coming up next anyway, there'll be I'll get a review up for Jurassic World, which will be up tomorrow. So there you go. That will be going going into the new era after that. So anyway, thanks ever so much for taking the time to listen and goodbye.